Awesome. Awesome stuff. Uh, beginning of this podcast, uh, I am the Silver Heathen. Uh, welcome. Um, but in the beginning, I want to mention um, this wonderful logo that I have behind me. Uh, it was created by Mike Rocha. Um, I actually coached Mike for a time in, in baseball. Now we play softball together. So thank you, Mike, for uh, for this awesome logo in the back. Um, if you're somebody that's looking for a logo, I don't know if it's something that he does. But um, clearly, uh, he's good at it. Uh, it fits me so well. Um, I am a paranormal enthusiast. Uh, I am a heathen and I am sober. I mean, he really encompassed the the whole shebang. Uh, so uh, impromptu. Oh, first. Got to have that Dr. Pepper. Uh, can't see it in my koozie, but ice cold Dr. Pepper, diet Dr. Pepper. Anyway, so the reason for this episode today is because I want to try to put one out. Um I'm going to, I'm going to do this, uh, try to do this, uh, almost every day just to have something out there. So I continue to talk and continue to improve my sobriety by hearing my thoughts out loud and then being able to assess them, uh, properly. Um, you know, it, uh, I was looking for a, uh, response on a job today. She, uh, this, uh, recruiter called me and said she had a safety position. Safety is what I've done for a third or more of my life. Um, and, uh, so I was kind of excited about that. And I spoke to her this morning and the person that is in that position right now is leaving like today and they're, the company is going to take a couple weeks to see where they're, they're going from there. So that kind of sucked. I was really hoping that there was something, uh, readily available because, uh, sitting on my ass all day is not doing me any, any, any good. Uh, that's why I, I need to do things like this. I, I stay on social media and the recovery community, but I swear to gosh that, um, politics just really wants to creep in there all the freaking time. It, it's, it's, it's everywhere. It, um, I mean, I, I, I understand the, uh, the better part of my adult life, the the political landscape has been an absolute shit show and it's not getting any better anytime soon. Anyway, um, trying to avoid that, you know, I, uh, there was a comment, you know, I, I tweeted this morning or earlier today, at least, um, you know, that, um, we need to quit shaming people who relapse because you can just, this, this all started from a tweet from a dude that was on a Twitter space with us, with, uh, Rich S and I, and, uh, look for the next one coming up soon. But, uh, you know, he got on and he spoke with us a little bit. You know, he's clearly struggling, clearly kicking the hell out of himself, you know. And, um, you know, a relapse happened and, um, you know, he's he's really hurting from it, from the the consequences of that, both physically, mentally and, and environmentally. Um, and that's, uh, you know, there are people who don't understand and I think I was that person that couldn't see the ramifications of my drinking for a long time, which allowed me to continue to do it because I justified my drinking and my actions and the hurt that I was causing because I, I kept getting raises. I kept getting better positions. When I lose a job, I'd find a better one. And life just, you know, um, the, the, the outcomes weren't dramatic enough for me to feel like I needed to change. Um, but when you get to the point where I think this individual is and to the point where I finally gave in and, and asked for some serious help, um, you don't need to tell them they're wrong. You don't need to tell them you fucked up. You don't need to tell them that, you know, what the fuck were you thinking? You don't need to ask them those, those negative questions. They already know. I can tell you this right now. There isn't a, 
a human being on this planet that um, was harder on me than the dude looking back at me in the in the mirror. Now, to be honest, I wasn't looking myself in the mirror for the last you know couple of years because I couldn't stand myself. But there wasn't anybody uh, talking more harshly to me than me in my own head. Um, you know what the people that I that I, I pissed off, whether it be my ex-wife or uh, my ex-fiance, or um, you know, falling asleep in my truck at work and getting fired, and the boss being mad and and you know yelling at me and telling me to pack my shit and get the hell out of here. You know, uh, that was nothing compared to the abuse that I gave myself in my head, and and it's still a factor today. I mean, uh, almost uh, you know, I'm exactly one week away from eight months of sobriety, and this is my longest. Uh, run at it uh, since I, I began giving recovery, um, giving recovery a shot. Um, and, uh, you know, there is not a person that is going to beat themselves up more than the person who knows that they can't do this anymore. They can't use this substance, whatever it may be anymore. And then they go ahead and do it. There isn't a person that beats themselves up more. Sure. You have family members and stuff that uh, uh, will will pile on things. And they're hurt, you know, and so when when you hurt somebody, you know, you understand that they're they're dealing with how they feel they need to. And sometimes anger and and burying you underneath your own crap is is the way for them to to cope right or wrong. And that's why they're doing it. And it is what it is, right or wrong. You're using a substance to deal with something that you're not prepared to deal with um, sober. Uh, right or wrong. That's the choice that you're making. The the the. For me, the alcohol was the solution to all the things that I didn't like about myself in my life. So I chose alcohol to numb those feelings and not have to think about it. And it worked. It worked way too well, or otherwise I wouldn't have been drinking to the point of drinking, uh, EMT showing up, going to hospital, checking myself out, drinking again, back to the hospital, back to checking myself out, drinking again. That wouldn't happen because I I felt that I needed to do that to deal with the crap that I did when I drank the last time. That was the answer to everything. So, you know, I find myself, I found myself today and we'll see how it pans out. But in a discussion on, on, on Twitter, a guy popped in and it's like, you know, as a coach, I'm going to uh, tell you what you did wrong or where you went wrong. And then I'm going to tell you how to do it right. And initially, you know, uh, right away, I was like, oh, you know, it's one of those things. And I got to tread lightly here because I. What turned me off from the Christian religion was that. Constantly being told that. There's only one way to do things, and that's through God and the Bible and Jesus Christ. There's only one way to do it. And that's the only way you're going to save yourself. That's the only way that you're going to live forever and all eternity and bliss and all this other stuff. And, you know, I, that it, it just didn't feel right to me. And, you know, that might offend some people, but that's just the truth. It didn't feel right to me. So I walk another path now and that feels better to me. Um, you know, I used to, uh, I used to get into it a lot of bit, a lot of bit, a lot of bit. I talk better. Uh, I used to get into it quite a bit with, uh, with, with Christians and stuff. And, and, you know, cause I've read the Bible and stuff, but that's, that's not healthy. I don't care what you believe. If it's helping you, especially in recovery, then I'll go to church with you. 
and I will sing in church with you if you ask me to, if it'll help keep you um, keep clean and sober and, and get you closer to uh, consistent sobriety. I will do that. And I will, I, I mean, I've done it before. I did it in treatment. I, when I, when I was still considered myself an atheist, um, you know, I feel like I'm more back to agnostic, although I am, you know, entertaining some, some other beliefs, but anyway, you know, I went and I, I went up to the, the, the elders who were praying for people. And I said, look, I'm an atheist. I would like, um, you know, I don't believe this works, but he does. So I'd like to you to pray for my friend. And, um, she prayed for me too. You know what I mean? So, I mean, it, it, um, so anyway, getting back to this tweet, this guy's like, you know, I'll tell you the right way to do it. So I asked him, I said, okay, so what's the right way to do it? Well, it's a journey, not a destination. And it's this and that. And I was like, okay, but you said you would tell them the right way to do it. So he has a podcast. So I went and I listened to his podcast. And so either things have changed and I misread what he was trying to tell me. And then after further tweets, it's kind of like, okay, maybe he didn't really mean it that way. It was just poor choice of words, but I, it, it, it got to me a little bit because there is no one way to get sober. If there was, it would be a lot fucking easier. Now, AA worked for a long time because the majority of the United States, you know, I, I don't have any data to back this up, but I feel the majority of the people align some way, shape or form with Christianity. Um, God is used in the steps. God is used in the big book quite often, even though they understand that that's not for everybody. And if you read the first 164 pages of the big book, Bill Wilson does his best to, to make sure that you understand that, that it just has to be a power greater than yourself. He does a good, now Dr. Bob, he doesn't, he comes out in his story and flat out says, I feel sorry for you. If you don't believe in the God that I believe in, that's paraphrasing maybe next time in a podcast, or if you listen to this and you want to know what page and where it says that I'll absolutely give it to you. But Dr. Bob does say that. So I definitely connect a lot more with Bill W, but there is no one one way to do this stuff. Um, you know, uh, if if you're you know your tonsils are bothering you and you you're like me and you had strep throat every five seconds and the doctors say yeah you know what you know what'll help will remove his tonsils. You know that's one way to fix it that works. I mean maybe it doesn't work every time. I don't know. So maybe that was a poor example. I'm, I'm you know your, your car runs out of gas, you put more fuel in it. That's the right way to do it, right? So, I mean, there are right ways to do things, um, but let's let's just not pile on, man. You know, um, the recovery community on Twitter is fantastic. On Facebook, it it it, it feels uh, more empty for one whatever reason. Uh, it feels more like a selfie highlight reel <laughs> for for people to post pictures, you know, and it's on it's on Twitter too. And I think there's a time and place. I mean, shit, I hit a year. You're going to see some fucking selfies, man. I'm going to be pretty fucking happy and, and, and proud of myself. Um, To each their own. I don't care. I can keep scrolling. If it's working for them to see the progress in pictures and post one, you know, every few days or every week and feel good about themselves. You know what? That's fucking awesome. Post a fucking selfie every hour, whatever, whatever it takes, man. I don't have to like it. I can, I can keep scrolling. I don't have to sit there and, and, and look through it. I can make my, you know, useless comments uh, to myself and keep going. Um, so let's just, let's continue. Uh, let's continue. Um, if you're on board with my way of thinking, um, if, if I'm in on board with the way you're thinking, I should say, even, um, let's continue to, to just 
pick people up, man. Um, you know, I've said it before in baseball, you know, uh, a pitcher goes out and has bed inning, gives up a couple runs. You know, a coach so many times would come in and like, all right, let's pick them up. Let's pick them up. Not saying, what the fuck were you doing? You know, uh, how did you walk three batters in one fucking inning? You know, just throw strikes, blah, blah, blah. That that happens. That happens. But the good coaches, let's pick them up. Let's get a couple runs back here and pick up our pitcher and and get back out there. And uh, have a better inning defensively next inning. Okay, that's what I think that we need to do. You know, nothing hurts, and and people are going to say, "Well, you have that kind of attitude." You know, um, people are going to die. Again, if if being a total fucking asshole worked, um, people wouldn't be dying still today. Um, it works in some cases, you know, uh, I I've met people that like my sponsor, you know, I had to do this at this time and this at this time. And if I didn't call, he was chewing my ass. If I didn't do this, he was letting me go as a sponsee that works for some people. And like I said, man, uh, whatever works for you, if that's what you need, that's what you need. But if you do that as a sponsor or a recovery coach, and that's your attitude and you go in and you have success with that. And then all of a sudden somebody comes in and they need something different and you don't have the ability to recognize that and change. I don't feel that you're doing that position a disservice. And that's my own, you're not doing that a a service. If I said disservice, that's not what I meant. You're not doing a position of a sponsor or a sponsee. Um, You're not giving them what they need and you're not willing to change. and, and, And your goal isn't recovery. Your goal is to push your way of thinking um, and your way of doing things on somebody else. And that goes back to the whole, um, you know, religious thing um, that, that really pushed me away from it. Um, it was, it was this, this way or the highway. Um, fuck your questions, fuck your concerns. And, and people didn't say that, but their attitudes um, and were evidence to that being their thought process. So I'm all about tough love at times. You know, I, you absolutely is a, is a, is a a significant other or a parent of somebody that is going through a disease to cut them off financially, buy them things that they need. Don't give them money to buy it. Um, You know, ask them to move out. Um, You know, uh, don't bail them out of jail. Those are all tough love things that need to happen. And I believe that should happen at some point. Um. I heard this the other day, and I think I mentioned it in the solo podcast yesterday, but do not rob them of their consequences. I'm wondering, you know, it took two and a half years for, um, well, not everybody that listens is going to know where Bay County is, but it was a county that I was living in at the time. I got an OWI back in 2020, August of 2020, and it took them two and a half years to finally sentence me for it. And they put me in in jail for two months, uh, two and a half years later. And that's a, that's a whole discussion in itself, how fucking stupid that is. But, you know, my dad, I called my dad, my dad came and bailed me out. And I, you know, I wonder when I read that quote about robbing me of my consequences, I wonder if I would have, if, you know, I probably would have sat that amount of time before I would have gone through the entire procedure, if not more. I wonder if that would have been, you know, the time that something might have changed for me. Um. 
you know, if COVID wasn't going on at that time and they put me in jail and I had to wait a court date and nobody bailed me out, I wonder if that would have changed things. I wonder if those consequences would have pushed, pushed me. It didn't happen. So it's no point to sit here and think about it, but it it is, I I wonder, you know what I mean? I I wonder if those would have been severe enough consequences uh, to deal with what you deal with in jail to turn me to a path of recovery a little bit quicker. Well, even with that being said, I have no regrets of, of um, I, I wouldn't go back and change a thing as of right now, excuse me. Because of the people that I have met through this journey of how it went down, I wouldn't trade those relationships uh, for anything. Those relationships, those connections, and I always say, you know, it's one of my favorite sayings, connection is opposite of addiction. Those connections that I have made for people that I've never met in real life, um, that I tweet with back and forth, um, that I've had on the podcast, those people have been such a huge part of my recovery journey that I I can't even put into words. You know, I got a text this morning, very early this morning. Uh, For some, it was late in the night for me, you know, like five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. I got a text from Rich, you know, and uh, as usual, a super positive, uh, really caring dude, a really awesome human. And, uh, you know, I, I I wouldn't trade these connections um, for anything. You know, I mean, if somebody dropped a bag of, you know, a million bucks in front of me and said, Hey, would you trade now? I mean, I would give it some thought. Uh, but money no, doesn't uh, doesn't change anything. I've made a lot of money in my day, and I spent a lot of money on alcohol. So money wasn't the answer. If uh, money would have been the answer, then I wouldn't have gotten to the position that I was in because I was making more than enough to sustain a life that I that any other person uh, not in addiction would would enjoy. So anyway, moral of the story today: Let's uh, pick people up instead of kicking them while they're down. Let's continue to do that. Uh, Tough love. You don't have to cater to their bullshit. You don't have to listen to their bullshit. You can call them on their bullshit. You can say, dude, come on. You know, that's not true. What you just said is a bunch of crap. You know that that's, that's not right. So what else can we do? Okay. You can, you can do things like that. And that's what I want to be as a recovery coach. I want to be the guy that when they walk out of the office, they know that they have a connection that is going to work for them, that is going to be uh, a connection that they're going to get the truth, but they're not going to walk out feeling worse than when they walked in. That's my goal as a recovery coach in the future. So anyway, thank you very much for listening to this over here, the podcast, find me on Spotify, Apple, uh, YouTube, Google, um, like, comment, share the podcast, talk about it. Uh, that's the only way we get the word out. Uh, I am. I got some podcasts scheduled. I'm going to actually be on a couple uh, this month. Um, so that's pretty freaking awesome. Um, but I'm looking for more uh, Al-Anon people, people that have lived through this, uh, whether your story ends up that uh, you remain close to the alcoholic or addict, or you had to separate yourself and then you had to go through a journey yourself. Uh, to refine yourself and and move on past that. I want to hear the story and other people need to hear that too. Uh, check out Laura. Uh, she is the only Al-Anon person that has been on the podcast and she was my first guest ever on the podcast. So check out Laura's podcast and she talked a little bit how she, what she went through 
and what she's doing to recover from from dealing with the uh, that shit show that we uh we we with substance use disorder bring into other people's lives so let me know if you know anybody uh find me on twitter and facebook uh seek me out let me know anybody that wants to talk they have a platform here um as long as i have you know an hour to spare um I, people will get a chance and i would do this 10 hours a day talking to 10 different people if i could so let me know love you all uh have a phenomenal day and we'll see you on the next one <laughs>